bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. I'm continuing. This is part four of the father and his household. And today my subtitle is Sevens. The father and his household. And the subtitle is Sevens. Last week we talked about Abraham and God's relationship with Abraham and we talked about how God signed a covenant with Abraham, a covenant of friendship. And uh, through that covenant, God now had the access to the people who were outside of his kingdom. So we're going to take it from there as we talk about the next level of relationship that God engages with us. Please go with me to Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 8 to 9. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 8 to 9. And we read, But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend, you whom I've taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not cast you away. There are two relationships that God mentions in this passage. The first, uh, not really in the order as they appear in the verse, but in order of my own priority, is Abraham. Abraham, the friend in God's household. Abraham, the friend in God's household. Abraham is in God's house as a friend. God related to Abraham on the basis of friendship. He committed himself to that relationship and he reached out to the human race through that relationship. The second that the Bible mentions in this passage is Israel, the servant of God. A servant in God's household. So the relationship God has with Abraham is different from the relationship he has with Israel as a nation. Abraham is a friend. Israel is a servant. And uh, that is what we're going to focus on today. The way God relates to friends is not the same as the way he relates to servants. When God started the process of re restoring man to himself, he started with Abraham. And he signed a covenant with Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. We looked at it. And it, in this covenant, uh, God promised to be a friend to Abraham. Or God promised himself to Abraham. He willed himself to Abraham. Now, that promise or that covenant was personal to Abraham. It was something God did specifically for Abraham. But you, you and I know that Abraham is not the only person who lives upon this earth. So if God is going to reach to the world, he cannot just relate to Abraham. That relationship must extend beyond Abraham. Abraham is the first introduction 
but the relationship must extend. And I'm going to show you how that was done. So just move to Genesis chapter 17, and uh, we will choose verses from chapter 17 because I can't read all of it, obviously, for time purposes. So I will pick some select verses out of chapter 17, but it will be advisable for you to read the whole of chapter 17 on your own to get a fuller context. Uh, first, I will read verses 1 and 2. And then I'll read verse 7, and then I'll read verses 9 to 14. Genesis chapter 17, 1 and 2. And it reads, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Now remember in chapter 15, there's already been a covenant. We talked about that last week. There's already a covenant. But God is talking about another covenant now. He says, walk before me, be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you. Now when you go to verse 7 of chapter 17, you see the context of that covenant. He says, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. So you see that in this covenant, there is going to be included not just Abraham but other people who are related to Abraham his descendants in their generations in the first covenant it is specific to Abraham in this covenant it's Abraham and his descendants after him I hope you're following that so it's an ex a covenant that expands God's relationship beyond Abraham to a larger group now you go to verse 9 to 14, it now begins to tell us about how other people are going to be included in God's covenant with Abraham. So it says, And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight years old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generations, he who is born in your house or bought with money from any foreigner who is not your descendant, he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Very interesting. The first covenant, you saw what God told Abraham to do. He brought in the haifa, the goat, and the ram. 
cut them into pieces, lay them out in a line with a path in the middle, a pigeon and a turtle dove. And God walked in the covenant and in the path and swore to Abraham and made a covenant to him. But now he's doing something else. He's saying, I now want to do something that involves you and your descendants and other people. So he introduces circumcision. Circumcision represents separation. It represents purity. It represents devotion. Separation, purity, devotion. Now if you look at verses 1 and 2 of chapter 17, he says, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you. In other words, the covenant really is not just the physical thing that is going to happen in circumcision. The covenant is walking before God and being blameless. And when you do that, the sign of it will be the circumcision. So really, you could be circumcised, but if you're not walking before God and being blameless, you are disconnecting from God's covenant. You have to walk before him, be blameless, and this is a sign that you are a child or you belong to God. Not a child of God, but you belong to God. So, circumcision, first of all, is a sign in the flesh. Everybody say a sign in the flesh. Now, that's what God said. He didn't say it shall be a sign in your spirit. It's a sign in the flesh. And when we later move on in this teaching, you'll see how this is very important when God says it's a sign in your flesh. It's a sign in your flesh. It marked everybody who was associated with Abraham physically. They bore a physical mark to identify themselves as linked to Abraham, the friend of God. Secondly, circumcision allowed others to identify with Abraham in God's covenant. Remember, God's covenant was with Abraham. He was a friend of God. But circumcision made it possible for Abraham to bring others into relationship with God. And Abraham didn't need circumcision. It only allowed other people to come into relationship with God. In the process of circumcision, those who were not God's friends now have the same mark as God's friend. So basically, it is almost like a, an identification mark. God has a friend. His name is Abraham. He wants to relate to other people outside of Abraham. But those people are not his friends. So he gives his friend a mark. And then he gives other people the mark. So that those people bear the mark of God's friend. So in God's relationship, because he has marked his friend, the people who have the mark of his friend are now accepted into relationship with him. It's almost like he issued them an ID card. He gave them now a point of relationship. Abraham is my man. He's circumcised. You are circumcised like Abraham, and because of that, I can deal with you. So if anybody is coming before God's presence, they can show, I am a friend of your friend. I am related to Abraham. I am connected to Abraham. I have Abraham's mark. And because 
you love Abraham and receive him, I have his mark, you receive me too. So what is happening in this covenant is that God is opening the door to his house wider, beyond Abraham, to people who are bearing the mark of Abraham. Now, who were the people who could come into God's household? Now we have Abraham. Who are the people? The people who bear the mark of Abraham, circumcision. And everybody who has been born through a marked person, whether they are male or female, all of them are part of the, circumc of the, of the covenant. Now, if a man breaks it, he's going to not just deny himself the right to be in covenant with God, but he's also going to deny other people the right to be children of God. So God says, if you do that, I'm going to cut you off. That doesn't mean that I will kill you. It simply means that you will not be considered part of this covenant. You will not be part. I'll cut you off. So if you want to be part, you have to bear the mark that my friend bears. You have to identify with Abraham because you are coming through his friendship. And you have to have his ID. His ID is a circumcision. Now, if you look at verse 12 carefully, it tells us the groups of people that God is talking about. It says, he who is eight years old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generations. He who is born in your house or bought with money from any stranger who is not your descendant. In this statement, Abraham's people become God's people. They are no longer just Abraham's people. They now have become God's people. He's joining other people to Abraham. Now it's very interesting. Uh, and later when you read the New Testament, this makes a lot of sense. When God talks about the people he's bringing along with Abraham, I want you to note the category of people he's bringing along with Abraham. First group that he says are coming along with Abraham are his sons. Every male child in your generation, so his sons, his grandsons, his great-grandsons, everybody who has a blood connection to Abraham, who is circumcised, can be identified with Abraham. So in the house of God, not only Abraham is permitted to come in, but everybody who has been born through the bloodline of Abraham. So that's a wide group. But that's not the end. He talks about a second group. He who is born in your house. He's talking about servants. Abraham's servants also can come into that place. There are people who are serving in Abraham's house. So his servants and his servants' children can also be part of God's household. So you notice right from there that it is not just based on nationality or blood. He says, your servant can also come before me. And the third, which is the strangest, were the slaves. Slaves. Those who were bought with money. He calls them strangers or foreigners who are not your descendants. So, 
physical descendants of Abraham, either physical by blood, physical by association, maybe his cousins and nephews, all of them can come in, born in his house. But he now says foreigners, people who have no blood relationship with Abraham and who are slaves bought with money, who in the culture of that time were the lowest of the lowest of the low possible. He says if they are circumcised, they can also come with Abraham. So what is God saying? God saying, is saying, remember what he said to Abraham, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now he's fulfilling it. He is saying circumcision is not only for those who know Abraham physically, it is also for those who are born in his house and even foreigners who are slaves who nobody respects. If they come into covenant with Abraham, they are permitted into my household. God opens the door wide. father and his household. This seven-part series will help you appreciate the various stages of the relationship between God and man and empower you to fully partake of God's divine nature through Christ. Humans change, civilizations change, knowledge changes, wisdom changes, experience change. God does not change. Get your copies of The Father and His Household by Pastor Mesa Otterville. Available in seven-part audio series. Contact Alta Bookshop, Christ Temple, now on 233-302-688-000. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mesa Otterville, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensa Otterville. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.